Good morning, everyone. It is so nice to see you all here. Um, So our reading this morning is from Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 35. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword would pierce your own soul too. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak so boldly and clearly to each one of us. So we ask that you would do it again. Lord, would you speak to our hearts this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Waiting. We all do it. We wait at bus stops. We wait at tube stations. We wait in waiting rooms. We wait on the phone. We we wait to be seated. And we wait in traffic. But we're Londoners, so we just rush in between all of our waiting. A 2017 report showed that on average, we spend about six months of our lives waiting in line for something. And we spend 43 days waiting on the phone to an automated service. I'm not a fan of waiting, nope, not at all. I used to be a secondary school teacher, and even as a teacher, I would never set detentions because I could not bear the thought of doing nothing except sitting in a classroom and having staring competitions with my students. I think about all the things that I could have done with that time. I could have slept in. I could have taken my dog on a longer walk. Yeah, I, could have, I could have stopped and got myself a cup of coffee instead of rushing onto the tube to get into work. I live in in a quiet part of West London. I live in Brentford. Anyone heard of Brentford? Oh, okay, there's a couple of us. Welcome, welcome. Um, Well, Brentford is not on the tube map, but it does have an overground station. However, on some days, there is one train an hour that passes through Brentford. And if you miss that one train, it feels like your whole day is ruined. And there is nothing you can do except wait. When I read this passage, a few things stood out to me. And the first one was this, that sometimes we have to wait. But there is such a thing as waiting well. Simeon did it. We read in verse 25 where it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting. 
I love that. Simeon was righteous and devout, and yet he still waited. I mean, the word righteous means to be of excellent character. And the Bible doesn't stop there. It says, but he was devout. That means he had a deep commitment to his faith, and yet he still waited. Simeon's waiting was an active expression of his faith in God. He waited because he knew that God would turn up. He knew that God would keep his promises to him. It reminds me of Psalm 5 where it says, I place my request before you and then I wait with anticipation. Genuinely, I wonder, I wonder how long Simeon had to wait. See, Mary and Joseph brought in baby Jesus to be dedicated, and this was normal Jewish practice. So this was not the first couple, they were not the first parents of a baby boy to bring their son into the temple to be dedicated. And we know this because in verse 27, it says, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. So I wonder, I wonder how many babies Simeon held in his arms, how many times he thought, this is it, only to be disappointed when it wasn't. I wonder how many times you have held the promises of God and you have believed that God is speaking to you, that that job is going to be yours, that that relationship, that's gonna be the one. Maybe you've been praying and you've been waiting and believing that your husband, your wife, your parents, your children, your friends or your colleagues, that they will come to faith. Maybe you have been waiting for healing and you have held that promise, you have held it so close, and so far, it's turned out to be nothing. Maybe you're sitting here and you are just like Simeon. You are righteous and devout, but you're too humble to say it. You know, you are of excellent character and you are committed to your faith, and so you're just sitting here wondering, why? Why do I have to keep on waiting? You know how people like to do things in waves? So you go on Instagram and it's like, all of a sudden, everyone has a baby. You know, everyone just does things in groups. Well, when I was about 25, it felt like everybody I knew was either getting engaged or getting married. And at first I was like, oh, that's really nice. I'm I'm really happy for them. And as the years passed and I was still single, no children, just me and my dog, I was thinking, no God, I am not okay with this. I am not all right with what's happening. See, I had, I had grown up in care and, and to this day, I still don't know who my dad is. When I was about nine years old, I met my mom and I remember thinking, finally, I have my own family. Sadly, when I finished university, my mom passed away. And I remember thinking, what is happening? I couldn't make sense. Hadn't I waited long enough to have my own family? I held that promise of God and I held it so close and it turned out to be nothing. Simeon's waiting was an active expression of his faith in God because he was waiting to see the promise of God. 
And that's what I love about Simeon's story. It's real. You know, as Christians, we talk about how we walk with God, we journey with God. And sometimes, as Christians, our journey means we just wait with God. See, as I held on to the promise of of a family and I saw my close friends getting married and having children, I remember thinking at times, maybe this is it. And yet, I ended up empty-handed. Yes, it was uncomfortable. Waiting is uncomfortable. And I know that in the seasons of waiting for me, sometimes I feel like maybe I'm doing something wrong. Or maybe there is just something wrong with me. But I wanna remind you this morning that our God is faithful and that he has not forgotten you. God does not put desires in our hearts just to tease us. This season of Advent reminds us that our waiting is not in vain because we know that Jesus is coming. We know that he has already come and we wait on God because we know that he will do what he said he will do. The second thing that stood out to me was that in verse 25, it says, Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's Jesus. Simeon saw the promises of God fulfilled. He saw the Lord's Messiah. And consolation comes from the word console or to comfort. And by definition, to console is to be physically present, to personally visit. And no matter how much we try or how social media makes it appear, it is impossible to truly console somebody without physically being there. I know that I have sent text messages, I've sent WhatsApp messages when I know that I need to be there with that person. Simeon called it, Jesus is the consolation of all people. He is present with us and he has personally come to be with us. When my mum fell sick and she passed away, I genuinely could not tell you who said what to me. But I can tell you every person who physically came, personally came to visit me. I can tell you every person who sat with me while I cried. I can name each person who sat there and cried with me. Jesus is the ultimate consolation, the ultimate ministry of presence. He showed up in person for all people. Verse 30 says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. We have a reason to rejoice. It is for our benefit that he came. Like Simeon, we have seen the salvation of God and his name is Jesus. In John chapter three, verse 16, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. Jesus is the divine amnesty of God. He is the embodiment of God's love, of God's salvation poured out for all people. He's the very arms of God stretched out open wide. He is the prophecy in the Old Testament fulfilled in Jesus. The Lord has consoled his people. And I wonder, I wonder if Mary knew that every time she looked at her baby, 
that she was looking right into the face of God. I wonder if she knew that that helpless little baby, that she in her obedience who turned up to the temple to dedicate him, that he would in fact be the one that would save the whole world. Jesus left glory, he left everything behind him. And the Bible says that he became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And to dwell means to permanently live. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, permanently. And when Simeon saw this, he couldn't help but worship. It says Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God. The message of Christmas for us is to recognize that we have seen the salvation of God, that our God steps into our messy world, that we know him in a real and tangible way, that when you are hurting, he is there. When you are lonely, he is there. When you are sick, he is there because he is God with us. He is the one who comforts us and he equips us to stand in his promises. The passage says that it was through the power of the Holy Spirit that Simeon was able to hold on to the hope that he would see the salvation of God before he died. So if you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, I don't know how I'm gonna keep on hoping with this situation happening at home. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Or you're thinking, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish all this work. Everything just keeps piling up on me. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're thinking, I just don't even know if I can get through this season. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, just to finish, the the final thing that stood out to me in this passage was that now we in here, We have been given a divine invitation. We have been called to tell others about this story of hope that centers around the person of Jesus, who he is and what he has done. We have been commissioned and we have been given a task to do. Last Saturday, I went out with some of my friends and There was a few of us and we were eating and drinking, talking, laughing, crying, even praying. And we sat in this restaurant for hours, hours. And at the end of our dinner, we we asked the waitress for um, the bill. When she came back, she said, your bill's been covered. Everything's been paid. And I genuinely have no idea who paid our bill. But Jesus came into this world. He has covered us and he has paid the cost. Christmas is the perfect time for us to model the love of God to this world. I left that restaurant feeling blessed but also feeling challenged to go out and to do the same. Saint Teresa of Avila said, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all of the world. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. And we live in an exciting time. 
because we have seen the salvation of God. We know how the story goes. Like Simeon, how can we not praise him? We are the body of Christ now, at this time, in this world, to show people who he is. This is how the world comes to know Jesus and believe in him for themselves. And every single one of us in here has a role to play, praying, giving, and serving. Did you know that the church is the biggest volunteer organization in the world? You know, feeding the hungry, visiting the sick, serving those in prison, caring for ex-offenders, and fighting injustice. The church is the physical body of Jesus here to comfort the broken. It is the means of transformation and change for all of society. God takes seriously the needs of those set aside. And what a privilege it is to be a part of the body of Christ. Because we know, we know that God disguises his power in ordinary things. In three days, it's Christmas. In three days, we celebrate Jesus and we celebrate the fact that he would have still come, even if it was just you and I in this world. We know this because he loves us wholeheartedly and unconditionally. Jesus would have still entered our world. He took on a whole new nature and he laid aside his heavenly glory in order to further reveal to us the love of God. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The passage says, Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation. Church, our eyes have seen his salvation. So how can we not praise him? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are mighty and powerful, and yet you came in the form of a helpless babe in order to show us the love that you hold for us. Lord, would you show us who you are all over again, open our eyes to see you afresh, and to fall in love with you again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.